Good morning and welcome to St. Michael's. We're very excited for you who are tuning in online with us this morning. It's a little bit eerie as, as it was last week to have an empty church. I don't think we'll ever really get used to that. But we know that there's lots of you who have been tuning into our live stream last week. We also had some midweek events that you all came to be a part of, and I really appreciate that. And for those who are coming to worship with us this morning, I just want to re-emphasize something that we've put a real focus on last week. And that's that we can enter into the presence of Jesus wherever we're at. And that as you participate in this service, we can feel the spirit of your participation. We can worship together in spirit and in truth. And so we thank you for tuning in today. There's a couple of things that I wanted to mention that are a little bit different today. Uh, one thing that's kind of similar, we had Bishop Kessler come in and pre-record. He really just wanted to give you all a message of encouragement. So he did a little five-minute uh, recording that we'll play before the sermon today. And then we also have an additional offering today for you all, and that's called Curbside Communion. So what we want is we want, as soon as you're done live streaming this service, we want you all to come sometime between 11.30 and 12.30 p.m. down here to our parking lot. Remain in your vehicles, and we'll give you the communion uh, through the parking lot. And we really appreciate the chance to see you guys, even if it's from a distance. So those are the ways that we're looking to serve and connect with you this morning. And uh, I just want to open us in prayer as we go throughout our service. Lord Jesus... I just thank you that by your mighty power, Lord, you have saved us, Lord. That you sent your son to die and to rescue us from our sins. We thank you that we are healed through the stripes that he bore. And we just pray in this time where many, many people are suffering, whether financially, physically, emotionally, or otherwise, that you would make your presence known in our life. And I pray that you would inspire us not only to claim your peace for our household, not only to press into your presence for our household, but that we might share your presence with anybody we see, Lord, whether we're grocery shopping or people that you put on our hearts that we need to call or message. I just pray you make us open to being the church in this time. We know that there's a world out there that is hurting and that is struggling and that is wrestling with the fear of this situation but you called us to be the fearless church to the world lord so i just pray that today you would fill us up with your presence and that we might throughout our entire week bring your peace everywhere we go or even if we're remaining at home lord in jesus name we pray amen Say 
Jesus, the only one who could ever save. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. God, we live for you. And hold. Pray. 
forgives all our sins. His mercy endures forever. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, The first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbor as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways To the glory of your name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, Christ, have have mercy. mercy. Lord, have mercy. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us pray together the Colette. 
Almighty God, you alone can bring into order the unruly wills and affections of sinners. Grant your people grace to love what you command and desire what you promise, that among the swift and varied changes of the world, our hearts may surely there be fixed where true joys are to be found. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. This morning's first lesson comes from the book of Ezekiel, beginning in chapter 37. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you. Cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, Our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm 130. We will read Psalm 130 responsibly, responsorily. And the response is, the Lord gives life and raises the dead. Psalm 130. Out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. The Lord gives life and raises the dead. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? 
But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. The Lord gives life and raises the dead. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I do hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch in the morning. The Lord gives life and raises the dead. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption. And he shall redeem Israel for all his iniquities. The Lord gives life and raises the dead. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our second reading is from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, beginning in verse 8. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. St. John chapter 11 starting in verse 18. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to you. Well, good morning. Sunday morning, and uh, here I am uh, once again. I wanted to speak to you all and see how your uh, pandemic adventure's going. Karen and I are sequestered in our home, and uh, it's been quite an adventure. I guess I could depict our week. Uh, of isolation in a cartoon Karen showed me. It was a lady knitting, and the caption was, I got bored and I realized I could really be blessed by knitting something for my husband. And she was knitting a noose out of her wool. But anyway, we're, we're just having the time of our life, I assure you. Uh, I talked to Gene uh, Lilly, Bishop Lilly, uh, last night, and he had an interesting story. He was uh, walking, uh, he got up in the morning, was walking into the 
bathroom, and the Lord spoke to him and said, Gene, he said, Gene, I'm doing this for you. And so Bishop Lilly said to the Lord, you're doing what for me, Lord? What do you mean? And he said, well, you're complaining about being uh, home like this and and, uh, stuck in your home. He said, this is a retreat time with me. And he said, it changed his whole view and outlook on what is going on. And uh, if you remember the last time I spoke to you, I really encouraged you to to retreat with the Lord. That's been an amazing and wonderful time for me. I'm uh, not going to preach this morning, actually. We're going to let one of the other guys do it because we just decided we're... Uh, as quickly as we can, going on with Jesus, getting back to our game plan. And uh, so that's what we decided, that uh, one of the other guys had the word. But I want to just share just a, just a moment or two with you about uh, what happened to me one morning. I, I had this vision come to me of Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father and you know, we're kind of on hold down here, and they're kind of on hold up there, but a big difference because they hold the whole world in their hand. And so uh, I don't know why, but I just kept having that come up over and over, just kind of preoccupied with that picture of Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. And I've taught on that a thousand times, and the picture of sitting is it's finished, it's, he's done, he's and it's supposed to bring us this uh, confideo, this uh, tremendous inner peace that it's done and nothing's out of control. They know what's going on, and they're with us. Right now, he's there, and it says that he intercedes for us to the Father. So I really want you to dwell this week and see if you can pick up that vision, too, of him just sitting there at peace, in complete control, the Lord Father has put everything under him, and he's uh, he's he's sitting there fully confident uh, for all of us, and he's there for us. So just close your eyes and try and see that seated in heavenly places. It says we're seated in heavenly places with him too, by the way. So there's this intimacy both ways going on. Any way you cut it, there's this closeness and intimacy where he is so personally involved in each one of our lives. And that is amazing, and that is peace-bringing. So the Scripture says that we're not to despair, because he'll never let you down, it says. Never let you down. And so, don't despair. Does he ever let you down before? No. The truth is, when we were yet sinners, he came to us, he initiated, pulled us into himself, and has completed us. So, get excited. Get excited. If the Lord is for you, who can be against you? And if the Lord is for us, the people of God, who can be against us? So dwell on that and think about Romans 8.39 this week. Neither height nor depth nor anything else in creation in heaven or earth, including viruses, 
will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Have a great week. Blessings. And what an encouraging word. Bishop was talking about something that I wanted to bring up at the beginning of this sermon anyways. And uh, hearing that word just really confirmed it. And it's, Christians are not in denial over the reality of suffering. When we say, don't be afraid, do not despair, we see the same world that everybody else does. But what Bishop was bringing up is that there's a deeper reality to the world we live in. That Jesus has paid the price. That we have a hope that surpasses any of our present struggles in this world. Because the reality is there's an assault on our culture right now of fear and anxiety. In addition to this virus. And so the question is for you and your household. Are you going to put your trust in the things of this world? In the message that you're being given again and again by media, by social media, by the people that you encounter... The message that this is something you need to be really afraid of and you need to be panicky and you need to hoard your stuff because there might not be enough. Or are you going to put your hope and your trust in the promises that God has given us? Now that doesn't mean that you don't go through the suffering. In fact, the clearest illustration is the the early Christians who would go to these towns that had been sectioned off because of leprosy. It was such a contagious and terrible disease that they would just, nobody would go there. They would quarantine these towns. And yet the Christians were willing to go there and share the love of Christ with those people. That's not denial of suffering. That's courage. That's compassion. That's love. My sister Charity is actually assigned, she volunteered for the COVID-19 ward in her hospital. She's a nurse in Phoenix, Arizona. And she volunteered to be on the front lines and to fight this virus with all the skills she has, with all the love and the faith that she has in Jesus as well. So that's when we talk about don't despair, don't be afraid. We're not denying the reality. And you'll see that in the story that I want to talk about today. It was a real challenge preparing for this sermon because the scriptures today are just so powerful. The collect was awesome, right? It's like in the collect, it's about the rapid and ever-shifting nature of this world. But it's like, let us hold fast to the true hope and the true joy. And it's like, yes, that's what we're talking about today. And then in Ezekiel, it's like he calls, God brings his prophet out to speak life to dead situations, to speak life into a valley of dry bones. I mean, you can't imagine a more desolate place. And God said, go speak life into that. And my word will put the flesh and the spirit back in these people and raise them up. And yes, that's what we're talking about today. In Psalm 130, it's like hope in the Lord. The Lord raises the dead. Put your hope in the Lord. And yes, that's what we're talking about today. Lastly, my favorite scripture in all of scripture, uh, basically all of chapter 8 of Romans. And we had a little snippet there and Bishop mentioned some in his little pre-sermon. But we are talking about that, right? We're talking about the fact that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. But the thing that I want to talk about today is a really human story. That has broken people interacting with Jesus and having their faith and their lives changed because of their encounters. And that's our gospel today. 
In our gospel today, we talked about, we heard Martha's response to Jesus. But I want to take us back to the other story we have about Mary and Martha. Because I think that the the story really starts there. And when you see them in light of each other, I think it will reveal something to us as we look at our situation today. So I'm going to go back to Luke chapter 10, verse 38. And I'm going to read this passage and I'm going to talk about some things that I think we might miss when we hear this very familiar story. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. So we're immediately thrust into a place where we can connect with Martha, right? Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. We use that language when we talk about when we welcome Jesus into our heart, when we're, you know, we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. If you're a Christian, you can... You can Connect with this idea. Martha's welcoming Jesus into her house. We all would think that we would do the same thing. We'd welcome him into our house. But guess what? That's not the end of our journey, right? We have to then live the kingdom life. And so in the midst of the kingdom life, we see that very quickly, Martha becomes distracted. She welcomes Jesus into her house, but then she gets distracted. And I love this line. It's in the ESV, it says, she gets distracted with much serving. Do we ever get distracted from the reality of Jesus with all the serving that we're doing? And this is a theme that rings throughout the Gospels. Jesus is constantly confronting people who are putting this burden of religious practice on themselves and on others. They're doing all these things to try and get to Jesus. But there's something deeper that they're missing. In a world where there's so much to do, and when there's so much to be afraid of, How often are we getting distracted from what Jesus is trying to communicate with us? In fact, that word distraction has a really uh, intense root. If you look at the root of this word distraction, it's like to pull apart. And the image that's used is like when they would tie up a criminal and they would tie him to four different horses and they run in different directions and that's how they'd kill him. It's like distraction is no joke. Distraction can keep you from the things you need when you face the challenges in this world. So Martha becomes distracted with much serving. And she went up to Jesus and she said, Do you not care? And I just want to stop right there because that's so resonant with me. When we are doing the work of God and we're, you know, we're doing our best to serve and we get distracted and then something bad comes into our life. Maybe somebody you love passes away. Maybe you lose your job and you're afraid. Where is my next meal going to come from? Maybe it's something simpler. Maybe just somebody hurts you through the words that they say. But we encounter these difficulties in our life. We encounter these tragedies and malevolence in our life. And we can turn to Jesus in, in our hearts and say, Don't you care about what I'm doing and what I'm going through? And then do you see, right? My sister has left me to serve alone. In a time of social distancing, maybe loneliness is something we need to talk about more. Do you feel like you've been left alone in the work that you're doing? The reality is you're not alone. 
And we'll see it here in the compassion that Jesus responds to Martha with. Basically, Martha's coming to Jesus, and she's really, she's talking about how her sister's doing something wrong, but she's telling Jesus that he's messing up by letting Mary do something wrong. She's accusing God. You're letting my sister sit here and listen to you and whatever. When I'm over here working my butt off, don't you see me? Maybe you feel a little unseen by God and all the things that you've been doing and all the ways you're trying to serve him. But we see in Jesus' response, that's a lie. He turns to her in the midst of his teaching, in the midst of a man who has three years of ministry on earth. He has three years to establish the kingdom of God on earth and reach the entire planet. And in the midst of this conversation, somebody who's welcomed him into her house has a problem and accuses him. And he takes the time to respond to her accusation with compassion. He pauses And he looks at her. Jesus does this every time when you see these people coming up to him. He's about the work of the gospel. He's establishing the kingdom of God on earth. And yet when somebody comes to him with a problem, he responds in compassion. He stops and he listens to them. And he says, Martha, Martha. That double word there puts me in mind of the other verse that mirrors this where he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets. How long have I... Wanted to gather you under my wings like a chick with her, with like a hen with her little chicks. And he weeps over Jerusalem. It's like that level of compassion that he's having for Martha in this moment. And maybe God wants, when you accuse him, maybe God says to you, Jesse, Jesse, you were anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Now that could feel like a dismissal, but he, he, he purposely connects with her. It's like, I'm not dismissing your anxiety and your troubles. I'm refocusing your attention. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. One thing is necessary, but God, I need money. God, I need health. I need my job. God, I need toilet paper. What do you think you need when God's saying, but one thing is necessary? Mary has chosen the good portion. Now let's just focus. What is the good portion that Mary has chosen? Well, it says she's sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him. And so we think like, okay, they're hanging out in the living room and they're having a conversation and she's ignoring the work that needs to get done. And it's like, that's not what the language is saying. When you look at the meaning of the words, it's like a disciple sitting before his master. And so she's submitting herself to Jesus and relationship with him. It's not just having a social conversation. There's, there's an implication that she's, you know, it reminds me of that, that, that song. It's like, we fall down, we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. We, we let him be the Lord of our life. That's the, that's the pose that she's chosen. It's just like the passage where Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. It's been a really busy week for me. And so I can easily feel labored and heavy laden. And he says, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see that? Take my yoke upon me, you, and learn from me. That language is very similar to this sitting at the feet of Jesus. It's like, follow him and you'll find rest for your souls. So Mary's chosen that. That's why Mary's not feeling anxious and troubled, because she's chosen to follow Jesus and to prioritize her relationship with him. Further, it's like, 
The same as uh, Father Conkle a couple weeks ago gave that great word on staying sane in an insane world. And Jesus is talking about, don't be anxious for this, don't be anxious for that. Your Father knows that you need these things. And the end of that is, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So Jesus, with his depth of compassion, Martha, Martha, focus on me, and all shall be well. And the last thing I want to mention about that, right? Mary has chosen the good portion, portion, which will not be taken from her. That echoes the same idea. It's like when you submit to Jesus and you hold on to him, that's not going to be taken from you. There's nothing that will separate you from the love of God. And so we catch up to the story that we read in the gospel today. And I'll just pull a few things out of here. But the context is this. Messengers came to Jesus and they say, hey... Your friend, Lazarus, the one who you spent time with, who you developed a relationship with, he's sick. He's on his deathbed. You're healing all these people over here, and your best friend is over here. Uh, Maybe not best friend. Let's just say your friend is over here, and he's dying on his deathbed. Come and heal him. And Jesus says, no, it's not time. And he goes throughout his day, and he continues the work of the ministry. And then he comes after Lazarus has been dead four days. Could you imagine Martha and Mary weeping over Lazarus. They sent messengers to Jesus and Jesus didn't come. They prayed to Jesus. I'm I'm interpreting the language symbolically here, right? They prayed to God, they prayed to Jesus, and he didn't show up and fix their situation. It's devastating. I know that we've all had situations like that. Most recently, last fall, we had a beloved sister, my cousin Ashley, Uh, beloved sister of the parish, my cousin, um, passed away from cancer. And trust me when I say we were calling out to Jesus and come to come heal her. How devastating when you have to encounter that tragedy in your life. But here's where I just, you can tell that Martha heard Jesus when he rebuked her earlier in this passage with his compassion in that earlier story where he said, there's one thing necessary. You can tell that her attitude shifted from that day on because right here we start to see it. As the, the translation we read today says, as soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, this is after Lazarus has been dead for four days, she got up and went to meet him while Mary stayed at the house. Martha is the one who got up and ran to Jesus because she heard what he said. I'm necessary. There's one thing that's necessary. Keep your eyes on me. In this time of social distancing, it's interesting because all the, it says many Jews had come to Martha and Mary and they're weeping and they're having this funeral. And Martha has an opportunity to host and be this thing, but she withdraws and she goes to find Jesus. So in your life, whether you're busy or whether your kids are home from school and you're trying to take care of that, or whether you're a teacher trying to prepare your students for something that they've never done before, or you work in construction and you're working your butt off to try and keep your projects up and running in the midst of this time as an essential industry, maybe there's a place where you need to withdraw and go meet Jesus in the midst of that busy time, in the midst of that difficulty. And so she goes to meet Jesus, and Martha says to Jesus, she's so honest. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's an accusation. But it's true. And she follows it up, and she says, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. 
That's our posture when something terrible happens in our life, when something tragic happens in our life. It's like, Lord, I'm sad that you didn't come and fix this situation. Lord, this is broken. How could you have let this happen? But I trust you. But even now, I know whatever you ask from God, God will give you. No situation is outside of God's level of redemption and resurrection. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha thinks, yeah, I know. I've heard that story before. There was a belief among a lot of the Jews that there would be resurrection on the last day. And Jesus says, no, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And this is the moment of choice for Martha that blows me away. It's, one of the, it's so powerful. Her brother's been dead for four days. Jesus could have been there to heal him, and he didn't show up. And yet she goes to meet Jesus, and when he asks her, do you believe me when I say I'm the resurrection and the life? Like, her brother's dead, and he's saying, yeah, but I'm the resurrection and the life. It's like... We go into our world and God says, I use all things for your benefit. And we say, yeah, but my cousin died. Or yeah, but I lost my job. And God says, I will use all things to benefit you in your life. Do you believe me? That's the challenge that we're all given today. Do you believe what God says? Do you believe his words in the midst of the chaos? And there's an interesting note on this last line. Her response, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. That's powerful. In the midst of a broken situation, she still affirmed who God was. And the NASB, the New American Standard Bible, has a unique translation here. And it says, yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And what I see out of that is that she's resting on the relationship that she's already developed with Jesus. That when Jesus said there's one thing necessary, trust me, seek me, be a disciple under me. In that earlier passage we read, whatever time frame happened in between then and now, she allowed herself to be discipled by Jesus. Because she's able to say, I have believed. She's able to rest in the relationship that she has with Jesus. She stands on the revelation that she's been given. Because later on when Peter says, you are Christ, the Son of God, Jesus makes it very clear. You could not have said that I am the Son of God without God revealing it to you. So we see Martha, one of the only other people who affirms Jesus' identity in the entire scriptures, affirms it not after she sees a miracle, but before she sees the miracle. Because she had decided in her heart, this is the man that I'm going to follow. This is the man who is the Son of God, the Christ, the Savior of the world, the one who is to come. And even when the waves and the storms beat against her in this tragic time, she could stand on the rock of her belief and say, I have believed that you are Christ, Son of God, who has come into the world. And Jesus said, do you believe this? Her relationship with Jesus was such that when her world fell apart, When she lost her brother and it felt like everything was ending, she did not let her circumstances define who Jesus was. It's really easy to remember who Jesus is when you're in a time of abundance and blessing. It's essential to remember who Jesus is when you're in a time of tragedy and suffering. What an amazing Lenten message 
Many of you have been forced to slow down and spend more time with your family. Some of you have lost your job or the majority of your income. And for some of you, this has increased your workload as you seek to meet the needs of your essential business in a radically transformed environment. But regardless of where you are at, we can see I've got five things for you to take away today. Don't be distracted. This one's like, don't be distracted even when there's a lion coming at you. It's like, still keep your eyes on Jesus. When there's a situation coming at you that you can't handle, still keep your eyes on Jesus. It's not just don't be distracted like on your phone with Snapchat and Facebook and stuff. Although it is that. It's also when something that you think, well, I should pay attention to this. This is big and scary and I can't handle it. It's like, still, keep your eyes on Jesus. Number two, learn from him and look for opportunities to sit at his feet. Your schedule might have radically changed recently. Find the time to spend time with Jesus. You can do it with your family, doing one of the daily offices. You can go off by yourself and read scripture. Whatever time you have, find a way to spend time with Jesus and learn from him. Number three, do not be anxious or troubled. The Father knows that you need toilet paper and hand sanitizer and pasta. These are the things I couldn't find yesterday. Well, I found toilet paper. It was pretty awesome. It's a holy grail moment. But the point is, The Father knows what you need, and there's one thing that is truly necessary. Number four, in the midst of your suffering, seek out Jesus. Because he'll show up. He always does, and he always will. We say it in our blessing every time. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And number five, who he is, who Jesus is, is more important than the situation you're facing. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that there is no situation in this world that you are not able and willing to guide us through. We thank you that you don't want to just set forth a series of rules and regulations for us to follow, but you want a relationship with us. You want to be right there next to us in our suffering. You want to bring us out of the pit, out of the miry clay, and you want to walk with us and fellowship with us in times of abundance. We pray that as we go forth this week and the various changes of the world continue to come at us from all sides, that we would still maintain an inner peace, trusting in you, the peace that surpasses all understanding. And we pray that you just open up opportunities for us to spend time with you, to refocus on you, whether that's throwing worship music on while we're cleaning the house or getting into the word early in the morning or late at night. We just pray that we wouldn't forget all the ways that you seek to provide for us and meet us, Lord, because we need you and the world needs you. So Jesus, we just thank you once again for this opportunity to come together, even in the midst of our separation, and to worship you, to hear your word. And we also thank you for the opportunity to partake of your communion. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us continue with the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, 
being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. We commend to your mercy all who have died that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may come to share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. God of compassion, be close to those who are ill, afraid, or in isolation. In their loneliness, be their consolation. In their anxiety, be their hope. In their darkness, be their light. Through him who suffered alone on the cross, but reigns with you in glory, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you, with your spirit. (laughs) Turn and greet whoever is near you, six feet apart, with the peace of the Lord. Amen. Announcements. Wanted to announce that there are some some things we're going to have offering on uh, Facebook Live. Uh, if you go to the St. Michael's Charismatic Episcopal Church page on Facebook, we will have some live events that are going on uh, this week. Uh, we started last week. We had a couple, one on Wednesday and one on Thursday. We're going to continue that. And we're adding on Monday at 7 p.m. what we've affectionately called the Ed Talk. Uh, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to be sharing, but ideas that need sharing, right? So it's going to be an Ed Talk. I'll be there tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on Facebook Live. On Wednesday, Father Lewis will lead us in Compline, Compline uh, and then Thursday night at 7 p.m., we will have what we're calling a virtual home group. Uh, we'll have music, we'll have a teaching, um, but that'll be happening on Thursday night. So that's going to be every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday 
on Facebook Live. Uh, two other things that are important. One, St. Michael's Society, uh, probably during this time, is uh, really important. There's a lot of people. Last week, I think we had so many people show up uh, at 4 p.m. That will happen again tomorrow, uh, 4 p.m., right over uh, here at, Saint, at, uh, at the Society. People are lining up. If you want to help or if you need help, please come. Um, and then the last thing we want to talk about is just uh, if you want to give in the tithes and offerings, there's a few ways to do it. The easiest way probably is just to go on to mystmichaels.com website, and uh, at the top right there's a button you can click, and it walks you through how to, to, to give your tithes and offerings. You could use the, the uh, app uh, Tithely. You can use that. I've used that before. And then also you could just mail it here to the office, either way, whatever is easiest for you. Uh, and I think that's it. Uh, I did want to say the ladies you treat is under discussion. I would still leave it on your calendar for that time frame until we decide how we're going to do that. So anyway, that should be it. Amen. The Lord be with you. Spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift, we lift them up, up to the Lord. Lord. Give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right, right to give him thanks and praise. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For you have given your children a sacred time for the renewing and purifying of their hearts, that freed from disordered affections, they may so deal with the things of this passing world as to hold rather to the things that eternally endure. And so with all the angels and saints, we praise you as without end we acclaim... Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, you are holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts and make them holy, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread. He gave you thanks. He broke it. He gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise, gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup, We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, our Bishop Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray. Olivia, Connie, Susan, Carl, Serena, Naomi, Rachel, Nadia, Kyle, Sonia, Sandra, Joyce, Maria, Karen, Father David and Darcy, Thomas, Tammy, the Boyle family, David, Jill and family, Allie, 
Daniel, Jim, Sandy, Father Azola, Lois, the Zimmerman family, the Marines and sailors of Camp Pendleton. You can add the names of the people that you're praying for. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him, with him, and in him. In the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and so we have the courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. But lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Grant us thy peace. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Jesus died for you and feed on him in your hearts with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to his supper.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares the devil. 
May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Oh, I just want to note my feelings uh, lately is it's, you know, it's always been good that we take care of our health, and you should. It's always been good that we would pray for those who are sick or suffering, and you should. And it's always been good that you should have hope for the future and not fear. Because you trust in God for your care and provision, and you should. In all the things that we're experiencing right now, it seems to be not different as much as it's more. It's more. And those good things from God, you need more of. Now is the time to press in. And may the peace of God, which passeth all human understanding, fill your hearts and minds with the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love and care for, now and forever. Amen. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. See you at 1130.